I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Broda World Football Podcast, the preseason edition after Sunday's Hall of Fame fiasco. We won't talk about it, I'm still upset. But this first podcast is every game that will be on for Thursday night. It's a slate of six contests. Bucks, Eagles, Redskins, Falcons, Panthers, Ravens, Jaguars, Jets, Saints, Patriots, Broncos, Bears. Um, Evan Silva and I talk about camp battles, um, possible young players that can really show up and show out during their opportunities, and even some DFS plays. Evan and I might not reveal every single name, but by some of our silence, you can tell some of the guys who are going to play. Hey, we want to make some money too. Um, be sure to check out the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday episode, which should be posted just after this one. But without hesitation, here is my conversation with Evan about Thursday's slate of preseason games. Evan Silva, after that beautiful, glorious Sunday night Hall of Fame game. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> We're here to talk about this week's slate, um, the Thursday games, which is one slate on DraftKings preseason DFS, if you want to check it out. Then there's also Friday, Saturday, and one Sunday game. So let's get started. We'll try to cover all 16 games, just a little bit of each. But let's start with the Bucks and the Eagles. Um, first, with let's go with the Eagles. There's been a lot of talk about Trey Burton, a receiving tight end out of Florida, Spent, played a bunch of different positions there at Florida. Is this someone that is just a preseason fluff buzz piece, or do you think he can actually contribute in this offense? I mean, I think it's a legitimate question whether is he so locked in with the first team that they won't even play him that much, hmm. or is he going to play a lot? I think that's a legitimate question. Um, so it's one of those scenarios like you always talk about that if he plays less, it's actually a good thing for him in his right. lock for a roster spot or lock on the depth chart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really intriguing. You know, he's he's a quarterback, former quarterback. I think he went to Florida as like a four or five star quarterback recruit. Yeah. Um, and he has, you know, he's just kind of developed for for the past few seasons. And he's been good in preseason's path. So. He's one of the guys that I'm most excited to see in the tight end group this week. But I, but I think that it's it's a legitimate question. You know, d- does he play quarters 
two and three? Does he get everything with Wentz or does he just play with, cause it looks like they're going to go Bradford in the first quarter, okay. Daniel in the second quarter, and then Wentz in the second half. Oh, wow. So Wentz gets a full second half, which is good to know for anyone that wants to play a rookie out there. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk that tight ends are going to be more featured in this offense, including Zach Ertz. Like, I think Zach Ertz is just an okay player. I think he's well above average for tight ends in the NFL. But yeah. to me, when I read that, that makes me think that he'll be overdrafted or at least drafted earlier than I'll be comfortable taking him. I agree. I agree. I think he's closer to the Kobe Fleener spectrum than the Gronk spectrum. Right. For sure. There, There's one more thing about this Eagles buzz during the offseason. I mean, someone mentioned that Ryan Matthews, I don't know if he was a beat writer or a local writer, but Ryan Matthews is worse than like Darren Sproles and Kenyon Barner and Wendell Smallwood. I mean, I'm excited to see Wendell Smallwood because I think he's a, a big play threat. But do any of these, either Barner, um, I guess Byron Marshall as well, Wendell Smallwood, do they have a chance to really earn playing time early on? Well, Smallwood has been on the shelf with a quad injury for an extended period now. So I guess that's a no for him. Right yeah, now. so that's going to that's gonna kill his chances until Matthews gets hurt. But, you know, of course, Smallwood has to get healthy himself. I think we're going to see a lot of Darren Sproles in this backfield. I think people are going to be surprised by that. And Darren Sproles is a great, great value in drafts right now. I mean, I've started to see him creep up a little bit, but still don't see him go any higher than, like, 11th, 12th round. Yeah. And, and he's a guy who could be – who could get 11 to 14 touches per game right out of the gate and uh and be very useful for you in a ppr league i mean he could be a flex starter immediately to begin the season yeah and that smallwood note is important because like we talked about in the hall of fame game podcast evan and i are going to screw up or at least i am who's healthy who's not and so that that's even more difficult to find that information sometimes ahead of these preseason games um because we don't know how much they're going to play uh, let's switch over the bucks um adam humphreys is the third wide receiver I think Dirk Cutter has come out and said that. That's kind of put a damper on the Kenny Bell situation. But Kenny Bell is absolutely someone I am watching on Thursday in these preseason games. So Adam Humphreys has earned the third receiver job, it looks like. Uh, but I think that this team, to maximize their personnel, shouldn't they play a lot of 12? Yeah. Because, because they could get ASJ and Cameron Bright on the field at the same time with Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. How are you going to defend that? Right. Um, that, and, that would be very difficult to defend. Yeah. And, and I don't know much about Adam Humphreys, but he seems just to be, you know, your typical slot receiver who might have a good year, one or two, and then maybe kind of drift off into obscurity. Um, and I thought Kenny right. Bell was a good receiver at Nebraska. Another, another Matt Waldman favorite. I mean, I liked him a lot, too. I will throw one more name at you, though, Evan. And that's Dan Vitale, the fullback slash <laughs> H-back slash tight end hybrid. I'm not kidding when I say this. In the last two years, there have been very few athletic tight ends to come into the NFL. Vitaly is easily the most athletic of that bunch. And people just look at him because he was drafted as a fullback. But he his, his best trait is his receiving ability. He was a true mismatch receiver at Northwestern. And if you want to read into hashtag narratives, he was wearing a number in the 80s not a number in the 40s. So I'll be very interested to see how he is used. And if he oh. gets if, if he gets a lot of run as a pure tight end or a movement tight end, Evan, this is someone who I'm absolutely targeting in these next, what, two or three weeks with his preseason DFS stuff. Kyle Juszczyk caught like 40 balls last year. Yep. But, and and Juszczyk... Are, are, are you really going to use Dan Vitale? 
I, are I, you I, really going to use Dan Vitale in preseason DFS? If okay, if he is being used like Kyle Juszczyk, yes, I would because he's listed. He's not listed as a running back, Evan. He's listed as a tight end. I looked this up. There we go. And I think that comparison with Juszczyk is is absolutely apt. It's valid. But maybe I could be completely wrong, and they just don't use him like that. And they just want to use him as a fullback. Okay, let's move on to the next game. Redskins, Falcons. I mean, for the Redskins, no Josh Doxson, but all the buzz right now is Keith Marshall. The, what, I believe seventh round running back out of Georgia, even making this a potential three-headed backfield. Again, how do you see this playing out right now? Is he so locked in that we might not see him for two quarters like we do some other backup running backs? Yeah, I think that that starts to become the question with him. But it looks like Rob Kelly, who's their number five back, is hurt right now. So that would, I mean, almost maybe force them to play Keith Marshall. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see Keith Marshall. There are some running backs that I'm super excited to see, and Keith Marshall is very high amongst them. Also, Devontae Booker yep. um, in the uh, the Chicago-Denver game. And, um, yeah, I mean, Keith, dude, Keith Marshall, apparently he's been ripping it up. The OC said, Sean McVay said that he uh, has been – more mature than they anticipated for a rookie. Matt Jones isn't very good. He's not very good, Josh. Yeah. And, and and Keith Marshall is more talented than Matt Jones. Right. So this could become an issue. McGluin, the GM, already called it a, a two-headed backfield, and he was talking about Matt Jones and Keith Marshall. He wasn't even talking about Chris Thompson, who probably oh, still is going to have a role. Oh, I thought he was talking about Chris Thompson. No, man. He was talking about Matt Jones and Keith Marshall. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I've been kind of scooping up Chris Thompson later on in drafts because I think he has a clear role in that offense, even though I think Matt Jones is maybe his best trade is working in those passing downs and on those screen passes because he's he's really patient in that area. But Keith Marshall last year didn't have a lot of production, but I think when you go back and look at it, um, it's because that Georgia offensive line could barely open up any holes. I mean, he is exceptionally explosive when eating up the yards that are blocked for him. He just had a difficult time breaking off bigger runs because they couldn't really block at the second or the third level. So if the Redskins can do that, I mean, we know Keith Marshall ha- absolutely has the explosion and the speed to create those big plays. But that's really yeah. it on the Redskins, isn't it? I mean, there's there's really no one else to watch other th- of, of the rookies or younger players. Pretty much no. Right, because um, Doxon's out. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. uh, it looked like uh, Jamison Crowder did pull up lame with an injury, hmm. so don't expect to see him in the preseason game. Um, okay. With the Falcons, you have Austin Hooper, the, I believe, what, second-round tight end or third-round tight end? Third-round, um, early third. third. Tight end, um, out of Stanford. His main role right now seems to be in the red zone as a true red zone target, and it seems like he's already doing well in practice in that area. Um, if, if I want to be honest, Evan, this is someone who I'm targeting um, right now to use this week in this Thursday slate. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away all my plays. But, <laughs> I know. This uh, is just one, though. This is an obvious one, other than Dan Vitale. <laughs> I will be using some Austin Hooper, indeed. Okay. Um, do you think that, because we know Levine Toilolo, uh, even though at Stanford he, he showed some ability, he's kind of soft and just not very good. Um, yeah. Jacob Tammy, old and receiving tight end. There's a clear path for Austin Hooper to become a legitimate um, starting tight end with this team early on, it seems like. Yeah, I'm excited about him. I think he's a good player. Um, I, you know, I think he's a guy that they should try to. I mean, well, let's see what he does in the preseason games. But I think on paper, I like him to have a role at some point this year in in the real games. 
And I think the other thing to watch with this Falcons team is Tevin Coleman's hands because they've been talked up a lot this offseason. And the narrative has been that at the very least, Devontae Freeman's going to keep his pass uh, situation, pass catching role. But it seems like if they want to divvy up the opportunity even more that Tevin Coleman can be in the passing down game. Um, I don't think that that's been an area of, of positivity for him in the past, but it seems like there's some optimism there. Am I correct in saying that? I, don't, I mean, you know, it's 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 early in camp, and there is no doubt in my mind that, that Devonta Freeman is going to dominate passing down snaps for the Falcons and that he's going to get all the goal line work. And that's why I, I feel confident about Devonta Freeman this year, even with – I mean, we, we should have expected that there would be some buzz on Tevin Coleman yep. in camp and uh, because the, the Falcons want to make him work some way, somehow. And you know, may, maybe maybe they will to the extent that he gets, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten carries in, in, in given games when the game script allows them to. But there's also going to be a lot of games where that isn't allowed to happen by the game script because the Falcons don't have a good defense. Panthers-Ravens is the third of six Thursday games. I'm very excited to see Demir Bird. Honestly, oh, yeah. Evan, he, he could be the fourth wide receiver on the Panthers this year. He could overtake Philly Brown. Demir Bird is someone who has really um, shined during this preseason camp for the Panthers. And everyone that is involved in the decision or the reporters that have sources inside the team say that all those people, the decision makers, love Demir Bird. With that said, though, I know that he's a lesser-known name, but he might only play a quarter. He might not see time with the second- and third-team offenses because he might be kind of locked in on that fringe first, second-team role. That's interesting. I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you know, I think we'll see, like, a lot of Brenton Burson. I, I think Corey Brown could get a lot of run. Yeah, uh, and especially because he's 16 pounds overweight right now. Checked in 16 pounds overweight. And I'll say this, Demir Bird, even though they're completely different body types— is ahead on the depth chart than Kiaris Garrett. Like, Kiaris Garrett's way down the list right now. Um, Apparently, he hasn't been playing well, I think, from what I've seen. Right. Garrett. And there was all that buzz in rookie camp, obviously, and that he wasn't drafted and he signed with the Panthers because he fits their kind of tall wide receiver mold. But, um, yeah, I, I would be kind of surprised at this moment if Kiaris Garrett makes the team. Um, but I will say, on the tight end market, Scott Simonson has done a lot of good things. There was a talk of, because they drafted Bo Sandland, they brought in Braxton Deaver, who's a local kid. But Scott Simonson, and as early as I think recently as yesterday, Ron Rivera said Simonson's making his way on the team. So if you're looking for a tight end to play, Simonson might be the one. Um, how about the Ravens, Evan? Anyone you're excited to see? Kenneth Dixon, Terrence West, those types? Yeah, the RBs, the RBs. Uh, Dixon and, and Terrence West. And uh, Talia Farrow still on PUP. Um, Forsett, you know, they should pretty much know what they have in him. Uh, and then Buck Allen, I don't think he gets a lot of run. Like, I think Buck Allen is a guy who will have a big role for the Ravens this year just because he's so good in the passing game and because Tressman offenses throw the ball. And, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about Yeah, i got to go back how, and watch Buck Allen, apparently. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's, like, special, but right. – Running backs that are big and can catch passes, yeah. they're useful in fantasy football, even if they're not special runners. I mean, we know that he's pretty much a jag as a runner, but he's good in the receiving game. Again, after Justin Forsett got hurt last year from week 11 on, 
Buck Allen was a number three overall running back scorer in PPR leagues. Yeah. And, and a lot of that was propped up by he, he was the number one overall scorer in a, in a given week against Seattle, you know, in a game where they got creamed. Um, so he had a, a bunch of points that week. Uh, but he, I mean, he's, he's a good receiving back, Josh, and that matters in fantasy football a lot. Yeah. And I think that that means that he's going to have a role. I mean, you know, Kenneth Dixon, I think we, we agree probably that he's a really good all-purpose back and that he could eventually maybe become an NFL feature back, but he's also a rookie who missed a bunch of camp time. Justin Forsett has been one of the least effective re- receiving game running backs over the past three years. And, you know, Talia Farrow is not a guy who has ever been known for his receiving skills. And Terrence West, really not either. Are you so buying that, that Buck- stuff at all about Terrence West? Um, see, like, I, I liked him coming out. And uh, I, so it, it doesn't surprise me that he would be impressive. Apparently, he just was not ready to be a professional Early in his career with the Browns, that that's kind of the that's kind of the the, and the situation word on him. When you are on the Browns, doesn't help things if that makes sense. Right. I'm excited to see Chris Moore, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati, um, for the Ravens. Um, he can really get down the field, goes up and gets it, and obviously, Mr. Joe Flacco loves to throw down the field. So I think that even if Flacco is not in when Chris Moore is in that situation, yo Mallet, Mallet, dude, ah, there mallet. we go. I, I I would not be surprised to see a big play from Chris Moore in this game. Um, you calling it? I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> big play of what's a big play? Forty plus yards? Thirty plus yards? Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go thirty plus. Okay, I'll call that. Jaguars, Jets. Jaguars have like no exciting young players that are unproven on offense. I mean, they drafted Brandon Allen, who's sixth or seventh rounder out of Arkansas. But among these these quarterbacks that could play a whole second half, he does have the ability to, I think, work inside structure, has played under center, has hit defenses at every level of the field. So if we're talking about DFS plays, I think you could be worse, do worse than taking Brandon Allen. Yeah. They they got Max they got Max Wittick there too. Oh, he's terrible. He's <laughs> he is he is so bad. His, his Did days you see at him at USC, Hawaii at all? Uh, no, because I stopped watching at okay. USC because I was like, this is yeah. pointless. <laughs> right. He, I mean, he has a huge arm, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Moving on to bad quarterbacks, we have the Jets. <laughs> this situation, though, Evan, someone, it came out, I don't know what reporter or if it was a direct quote from the offense or whatever it was, but like they're saying that they're not even giving Christian Hackenberg reps in practice that it's going to be like a mental season for him or a preseason and that they're trying to give Bryce Petty more reps, but then maybe also like look to trade Geno Smith. So how many snaps is he going to get in this game? Like this whole bottom three quarterbacks in this roster makes no sense to me and how they're handling it at all. At all. I don't care what you think about Geno Smith. Like the Jets can't trade him because they can't have Bryce Petty as their backup. Right. 100% 100% there with you. So are they going to carry four quarterbacks on to their, you know, regular season roster on their 53? They can't do that either, can they? Definitely a weird situation that they've put themselves in. I'm not interested to see Christian Hackenberg. I'm curious. Well, I mean, if what you say is true, then he may not even play in this game, right? Which would be amazing. Yeah, Which that would, would be, be amazing. absolutely amazing. Wouldn't it? you draft a guy in the second round and then you don't even play him in the first preseason game? Unbelievable. Uh, Sharon Peak has made some plays in the past two or yeah. three days. Uh, sixth or seventh round receiver out of Clemson. 
a Lance Zerline favorite, a Matt Waldman favorite. I liked him quite a bit. Um, he is super aggressive after the catch. Now, he's also tall and big, but I wouldn't say he really elevates and goes up and gets it. But after the catch, super, super aggressive. And Jason Morrow, old faithful, not old faithful, but someone that is from the past. <laughs> And Jason Morrow has apparently looked better. Old, old, old unfaithful. Um, are you excited to see either either one of those, Evan? Yeah, I am. I am. I, I hope we get to see a lot of Gino, man. I mean, I, I you know, I kind of like Gino, and I, I like to watch him play because he he'll he'll do really aggressive things on the field. And sometimes, I mean, it looks like he's out there playing drunk, but he's <laughs> he's he's got a pretty good arm. You know, he's athletic. Did you have you seen any of the Raiders game that he played last year? Josh? No, I did not. But I know like. When he came in and played sometimes last year, like he did not look bad at all. Yeah, well, I mean, he actually finished as a top ten fantasy quarterback yeah. against the Raiders that that week that he played. But he just would like he. There was one play where he was like sprinting down the sl- sideline, and then uh, David Amerson just came and like just leveled him. Oh, I do remember. And that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there were like a couple plays like that where he's just like scrambling toward the sideline, and then he just gets like destroyed by Khalil Mack. So, I mean, it'll be entertaining, I I think. And he's got a lot on the line. I I believe it's his contract year, I believe. it is. Yeah. It is. So he needs this tape, you know? He does. Absolutely he does. So two more games on the Thursday slate. Uh, Saints, Patriots. Saints have two names. Obviously, Michael Thomas is one. But the other is Daniel Lasko. Super sparked up running back out of Cal. Late round pick seems like only a special teamer. Evan, to me, this is a formula for success in preseason DFS. It's Daniel Lasko. Very well, could be. Very well, could be. I'll give. I'll <laughs> you give you a sleeper. Show your cards. <laughs> I'll give you a sleeper. Okay. okay. Chris Manhurts. Yeah. Tell me about him. I know nothing. M a n h e r t z. Um, he played basketball at Canisius. Shot blocker, rebounder. And if you look at the tight end depth chart in New Orleans, so you got Kobe Fleener, and you got Josh Hill, and you got Humana Wanui, and all those guys are really like first team guys, right? And then at the bottom of the depth chart, Garrett Griffin got hurt, so Man Hurts, the basketball player, could end up getting a lot of run in this preseason game, and I'm going to leave it at that. And then at, I mean, whenever you talk about these. Guys are going to get run in the second quarter and, and second half. You obviously have to look at the quarterback situation too. And you could do much worse than Garrett Grayson in those situations. And I don't know how much we're going to see of Luke McCown. I mean, we could see Grayson for three quarters almost. Um, yeah. Yeah, we could. So that's not a, not a bad one. Patriots. There's a lot to talk about actually. Um, Malcolm Mitchell apparently has, has really done well in the past few preseason practices. Um, there was some hype around DJ Foster, who was a, running back and wide receiver at Arizona State. I think now just a wide receiver or running back? But the Patriots won the two. Um, running back. Running they're, back. They're, they're using him as like, you know, they have like these specialty roles for Pass RB. Catchers. So he's, yeah, so he's in the Deion Lewis, James White category. Got it. And then at the also the running back spot, you have Tyler Gaffney, who I guess is finally healthy, even though there was some excitement the last two years and then nothing happened. Um, yep. So, yeah, Mitchell's the one I'm most excited to see because I think, obviously, rookie receivers have struggled in the past few years with the Patriots, but I'm I'm guessing it's from an understanding and and concept standpoint, but he seems to get it. And I'll be interested to see how much they play Garoppolo. Yep. 
It's a great point. I, I just I'll be very interested to see their quarterback distribution. I mean, do they let Brissett play a ton? It's a good. Point. I mean, I, or do they play Garoppolo a ton because you know they're quote unquote trying to get him ready? Um, yeah, the, the quarterback situation. I, I don't I don't feel confident projecting playing time for those guys. Yeah, Broncos Bears is the last one on the Thursday slate. Broncos Jordan Taylor, the wide receiver from Rice from a few years ago. And Sunshine, Sunshine Taylor, Sunshine Taylor, big, rec- not, well, I guess big, what? Six, one, six, two. He's six, four, dude. Is he six, four? Yeah. And he's done some stuff, hasn't he? In preseason to, to draw some attention away from not the bigger names, but really separate himself from that second group that they have. Well, I watched a bunch of them on draft breakdown yeah. and uh, I thought, I thought he could play a little bit. Me too. I thought he could, yeah, I, I thought he could play. Um, and Peyton Manning loved him. And that's that's where he got kind of some of his some of his hype last year was that he was like Peyton Manning's personal receiver when <laughs> Pey- you know Peyton Manning was taking a break or something like that. Right. But but yeah, he's got like uh, long blonde hair, and uh, he he should get run for sure uh, against the Bears. And Paxton Lynch is going to play the entire second half. We have learned. So Yeah, why don't you give us your eval on Paxton Lynch a little bit? Well, Paxton Lynch in college played in a system that, to me, was a catch-and-release offense, similar to the one that Blaine Gabbert played in coming out of Missouri. I'm not going to say it's exactly the same thing. But catch-and-release, and if it's not there, he's leaving the pocket. So I'll be very interested. I will say that if I had to push him in an offense in the NFL, it would have been Gary Kubiak's because... I mean, just from a novice like me, I would say that there might be some more defined reads or understanding concepts or getting him on the move, which he obviously is athletic and he can throw on the move and when rolling to the outside. So I'm I'm interested to see if if he does show some development in the pocket because very there are very few exposures of him having to work in tight and confined space while keeping his eyes up and looking downfield and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I'll be interested to see if any of those happen in this game. And now I want your thoughts on Devontae Booker. Somehow carving out a role, does it depend on the preseason? Maybe that's a difficult question to ask, but there's obviously been some buzz in the past few days. Yeah, I I would say that the buzz maybe has started to die down. Like, there were Hmm. Broncos beat writers who were already handing him the number two running back job for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but that hasn't really taken form yet in practice i think i don't know it's there are a lot of broncos beat writers and you will hear different things from different ones Uh, but ronnie hillman's year of experience in the system means a lot and Devontae booker's got to show that he can pass protect and you know show that he can stay healthy i mean see i liked i think i liked Devontae booker as a player on tape better than you did you did think you did yeah yeah Um, And, and there was something that came out that like well, he's a mature rookie. Well, yeah, he's like 24 years old. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I don't know. You know, I'm not like super bullish on him either way. I, I thought he was. He looked like an NFL back to me. Um, he was a, a good receiver for sure. He caught a ton of balls in like two seasons. I think he had like 86 catches in two seasons at Utah. He had a low career yards per carry average. He was old. Um, do you have any shares of him in like MFL tens or, or preseason drafts that you've been doing? No. Yeah, no. me either. Okay. Moving on to the 
Bears. Everyone's going to talk about Kevin White, obviously. I'm excited to see Kevin White um, on the left side of the field because he pretty much only played on the right at West Virginia. So hopefully they move him around a little bit. But I'm telling you, the receiver I'm watching out for, Evan, Daniel Braverman, Western Michigan. See, I receiver. was hoping that you wouldn't even say this guy's name. <laughs> I got to do it for the people, Evan. Daniel Braverman is, is I mean, every stereotype that you push for a slot receiver, he fits, right? Quicker than fast, short white guy, can pick up yards after catch, blah, 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 can create separation in tight areas. It fits, but he's first really, in the First in the facility, last to leave? All that. Grinder, gym rat. He fits it, and he's really good in those areas. And I'm excited to see, especially when we talk about second quarterbacks in the roster, third quarterbacks in the roster, when they get pressured, they check it down. I think Braverman's going to be right there for it. I'm excited to see Braverman this week, if you can't tell. Um, are you excited to see Jordan Howard this week, the running back from Indiana? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he, he should get work. He should get work. I mean, they you know this is a guy that they need to find out about and who's competing for carries. So DraftKings is points per reception, and Jordan Howard, I think, had like 16 catches in his college career or something like that. Uh, I think he had 11 as the feature back at Indiana last year after transferring from UAB. But uh, he, he should get work, and he, he could score a touchdown, and that, that's a big deal in preseason DFS. If you get a guy who can score a touchdown, that you have a huge advantage. Cool. That's it for the Thursday slate. Evan, thanks so much, man. Yep. Thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for subscribing. Obviously, you can find us on iTunes, but also on Stitcher and Audio Boom, um, on Spotify, on Google Play, all of these places. Thanks to the great Tess Quinlan. Like I said, Evan and I posted a Friday, Saturday and Sunday podcast all in one for the other preseason games. Definitely check that out and be sure to stick with us throughout the preseason. And I should say stick with us throughout the regular season, too, because we'll have three podcasts a week talking about the great fantasy content that Roto World produces throughout the week. Raymond Summerlin, Roto Pat, Nick Minzio, Rich Rebar, Evan Silva, the whole cast will be there along with me. So stay tuned. We have a lot of content headed your way. Enjoy the games on Thursday and talk to you all soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 